We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How you doing tonight? Welcome to the show. IB Nation Sports Talk up and running along with Jesse Styers. I'm Sean Styers. It has been an eventful day, obviously, in Notre Dame land. We were kind of uh, sitting around and waiting most of the day to find out <laughs> to kind of when this was going to become official. And we kind of knew for a few hours that it was supposed to happen, but then it took a few more hours then uh, we thought it was going to happen for it to happen. But when it's all said and done, Sam Hartman, now a member of the Notre Dame football team, the Wake Forest veteran quarterback, made it official this afternoon. What's uh, what's your feeling right now, Jess, after uh, we got this news this afternoon? You know, I was pretty excited, to be honest with you. I can't remember the last time that there's been this much you know, buzz around a Notre Dame quarterback, and that's instantly kind of what I thought of as – you know, wins the last big name quarterback to kind of make this kind of splash at Notre Dame. And to me, the name that comes to mind first is, uh, you know, someone like Jimmy Clausen or Brady Quinn. And I know that they were good quarterbacks, you know, after Ian Book was a great quarterback, you know, what he did at Notre Dame. But I just don't think there was much hype around him, at least uh, for me, at least. So, you know, that's the thing I started I started thinking about uh, immediately was, you know, what kind of splash will this make kind of nationally? And then, Again, when's the last time we've seen so much attention around a Notre Dame quarterback? I think, you know, like just in terms of a quarterback making his commitment to Notre Dame, I think you've got to go back to Clawson for that when he was coming out of high school because as, as good as Brady Quinn ended up being, he was not hyped and ballyhooed the way Jimmy Clawson was coming out of, you know, the state of Ohio. Um, yeah, and, and obviously those guys – followed each other, you know, with, with kind of a gap in between, but yeah, I, I think that, um, you, you probably have to go back to those two guys since there was, you know, again, coming in the door, it's Jimmy Clausen, um, just overall hype, probably Jimmy Clausen as well. And then obviously Brady Quinn before that, because Brady ended up with all the, the records going out the door. So, uh, really huge news with Sam Hartman, you know, again, it's, it's something that, has been out there for a little bit, and and we knew it today. But I mean, you sit back and you look at Hartman's career: almost thirteen thousand yards, twelve thousand nine hundred and sixty-seven, an ACC record, one hundred and ten touchdown passes in five seasons at Wake Forest. Also had forty-one interceptions, completion percentage of fifty-nine percent. Um, this past season, 
He threw for 3,701 yards, 38 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, completed 63% of his passes, which is the best of his career. His previous best was 58.9%. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go through all this here in a little bit. One thing really you look at because he's not thought of as a mobile quarterback and he's definitely not a Tyler Buckner type mobile quarterback ran for just 129 yards this year and one touchdown but last year 363 yards and 11 touchdowns he combined for 50 touchdowns last season that is uh that's a big number 50 touchdowns at the FBS level playing in a power five conference no matter what conferences is 50 touchdowns is a big number yeah, and that's that, you know, he he set the ACC all-time passing touchdown record. Um, and like you said, 50 touchdowns is is a and is a astounding number, you know, no matter what power five conference you're in. And you can even make the case, even if you're outside of the power, you know, five conferences, 50 touchdowns is obviously gonna get you um some attention. So I'm really excited for the the canon that Sam Hartman is gonna bring to this offense because I think that's the number one thing that this team lacks this season. You know, we all know about the great run game, the offensive line that, you know, came along throughout the season. And what, what really felt like they were missing is stretching the ball downfield. And when you have guys mm -hmm. like Tobias Merriweather, you know, Braden Lindsay, who obviously isn't going to be coming back next year. Um, and, and then, you know, some of the, some of the other guys, it's only going to up, open up their game. And honestly, it's only going to open up the run game even more because you're going to have to commit guys in the secondary to honor, you know, Sam Hartman's arm. So, I'm really excited to see, you know, what comes out of this dual offense now because it, it felt like it was, you know, 75% run, 25% pass, but I think they could get to an equal playing field of 50% pass and 50% run. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Absolutely. It, there's there's going to be a whole different level to this offense, especially when you're you're starting to bring in the wide receiver talent that they're bringing in. And you know we saw really good things, really good upside from guys like Thomas and Colsey. They started to emerge. You know, Thomas was there, you know, at different parts of the season. Colsey emerging down the stretch of the season and Tobias Merriweather still just with with one catch that he ended up with. 
this season, amazingly enough. But, uh, you know, Tobias will be out there, and you've got the transfer from Virginia Tech. So there's there's going to be some targets out there. This is going to be more than just a find the tight end <laughs> game. And that's, that's what's got to get a lot of people excited because you add this dimension to that offense with already – You've got the offensive line that you've got, and you've got all that talent in the backfield as well with all of those running backs. And I think this could be a really dangerous offense next season. Yeah, when you when you take in consideration guys like Jaden Thomas, Deion Colsey, uh, Tobias Merriweather, the transfer, these are all big frame wide receivers, big targets, downfield targets. And when you have, you know, four, five, four guys, and then obviously we know that the, the tight end position is is very talented at Notre Dame too. It's just, I think this is, if someone kind of made the comment, you know, Hartman isn't an elite quarterback or else he would be going into the draft this year. But I really think if with the wide receivers that he has uh, in Notre Dame's run game, I really think that he can open it up and, and really blow out, you know, a lot of passing stats this year and really lead a good Notre Dame team, again, with an experienced defense too. So to me, this kind of fits that last big piece of the puzzle that Notre Dame has been kind of missing. Shannon says, the irony, I turn on Irish Breakdown, you start talking about Sam Hartman, and on my radio in the background, celebration by Cool and the Gang starts playing. So that's my feeling. Celebration. I think a lot of people celebrating right now. But uh, Joe, uh, so we can set the record straight, Hartman isn't an elite quarterback or he would be getting drafted this year. We will make him better. He won't make us better. I still think Tyler Buckner could get it done. And I think Tyler Buckner could as well, you know, and that's, that's the other layer to this is Sam Hartman is not going to be given for the job, given the job. These guys are going to compete for the job, both Hartman and Tyler Buckner, that competition, you would expect to make Tyler Buckner better. You would also expect the competition to help raise Hartman's level of play. And yeah, I mean, the guy's been around for five years already. He played uh, four games in 2019, which is why he has a sixth season of eligibility remaining. I mean, you know, you're absolutely right. He would be off to the NFL. But the difference is you can still win championships in college football without an NFL quarterback. And just because he's not going to the NFL does not mean you're not getting a really good quarterback. He can do a lot of things. The, the thing he's looking for is to get into this pro-style offense, to get to Notre Dame to as well, to potentially – you know, boost his NIL, you know, types, you know, what he can get in NIL and that kind of stuff. I saw on his Twitter, like he was selling NI, you know, the uh, NFTs in the middle of the season and stuff like that. I would imagine he'll have a lot better chance of selling more of those uh, at, at Notre Dame uh, than when he was at Wake Forest. But th this is, this is a stop that can definitely help him show himself in a different kind of offense than what he got to play in at Wake Forest. But just because he's not going to the NFL does not mean that he is not going to be a, you know, a, a big elevation for Notre Dame in what they're getting with this kind of experience. Because again, look at Jack Cohn last year. Jack Cohn came in with half the credentials, if that, and, right. and what about a fourth of the touch, less than a fourth of the total touchdown passes that Sam Hartman came in, came in here with. And look what Jack Cohn was able to do behind an offensive line and running game that was nowhere nearly as good as what Notre Dame had this season. Yeah. And you brought up, I think the biggest point for what Hartman is looking for out of transferring is there's no more slow mesh because the slow, the slow mesh isn't run in the NFL. So I think that Sam Hartman largely wants to get into a system 
that is a pro style kind of offense to really, you know, show scouts and furthermore develop his skill set that he's ready for the NFL. So I'm excited because I think that the slow mesh ops uh, offense, not my personal favorite, but it, it'll be exciting to see what he can do in an actual pro style offense. Yep, exactly. I'm, I'm sitting here scrolling through. I'm looking at a lot of these comments. We're starting to get a lot uh, coming in and uh, the troll sniper Hartman immediately raises the bar in the quarterback room. Imagine if we had him against Syracuse and Clemson, two teams he destroyed this season, six passing touchdowns against Clemson alone. And I think that that's a benefit as well when you're when you're playing five ACC teams a year and all this experience he has in the ACC. He's familiar with these teams and the defenses that he's going to be facing when he rolls out. Now, you know, on the other side of that, they'll be familiar with him as well, but it's going to be a different system. So, you know, I think that that's there, there's still some benefit to Hartman having that experience against a lot of the teams that he's going to see next season. Yeah, it's well, very he's beneficial. The starter. We're not we're not anointing him. And I, and I realize there's going to be a divide on that. A lot of people assuming that you're bringing in the veteran. They're going to compete for the job. You know, that's that's Marcus Freeman's mantra is competition. And obviously bringing in a veteran like this, the veteran is going to believe that that he's going to win that job. But what you also want is that he can help, you know, Tyler Buckner raise his level with the competition. I don't think the competition between Tyler Buckner and Drew Pine raised Tyler Buckner's level of play the way competing in the spring and in the fall can raise Tyler Buckner's level of play competing against a veteran like this. Yeah, and I thought you bring up a good point there. And something that I hadn't really thought about is, you know, Sam Hartman obviously played in the ACC and Notre Dame plays a predominantly ACC schedule. So that's something that's going to benefit both sides, you know, both parties is Notre Dame's getting a quarterback that is experienced against ACC teams. You know, the defenses that, that he has seen, uh, and coverages and, and, and et cetera. And then obviously Notre Dame not having to go through so much teaching, you know, with the guy with, since there's so many similar opponents. Yep, exactly. And let's see. Well, let me just ask you this. Does adding Hartman, Jesse, do you think it automatically makes Notre Dame a college football playoff contender next season? Um, I don't know about automatically, but I had pretty good feelings about them, you know, with or without Harmon. I still think that Tyler Buckner showed a lot in that Gator Bowl um, and that he was going to kind of polish things up even more, you know, outside of playing his first game with a, a offensive line in a run game that had been in sync compared from Marshall to the Gator Bowl. So I had good feelings about, you know, the Tyler Buckner leading this team to the playoff offensively wise. And I feel like with Hartman, if he does beat out Tyler Buckner, I feel like even more, I feel like there's a boost in my confidence just because of, you know, what he can do with his arm and how it, it allows Notre Dame to open up their passing game and kind of shift from being a one-dimensional offense to being more of a complete two-dimensional offense. Yeah. Um, Chris says, Sam Hartman got sacked by Drew Tranquil. Think about that. That's how long this this guy's been around for a while. Again, he's already been around for five years. But I remember got- being at that first game, Wake Forest and Notre Dame. That was, I believe that was Ian Book's debut as well and they beat up on them um at home i remember being at that game and sam hartman got pressured around i want to say like 20 times or something like that he had a long day but you know on that defense there was eventually seven draft picks that came out of it so it was a rude awakening for sam hartman in his uh early debut or sorry early, early career against notre dame you've got two degrees of separation though from sam hartman because sam hartman got sacked by drew tranquil 
And I don't even know if I've mentioned this here before, but Jesse played against Drew Tranquil in high school. Jesse's <laughs> bad memories. Jesse and Drew Tranquil's junior season um, sectional championship game, South Bend Adams against Fort Wayne Carroll. And unfortunately for the Adams Eagles, Drew Tranquil took over that game in the second half. Yeah, they just ran wildcat with Drew Tranquil and said, stop us. And unfortunately, yep. there was not a lot of stopping going on. Yep. And I believe he had at least one of the key interceptions in the second half as well, if I remember yep. right. If it wasn't yep. him, it was his brother. I, I know that for sure. Um, yeah. You know, to to the question we were talking about, does 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 he make him does he make Notre Dame a college football playoff contender? I think at the very least, you're looking at you're you're raising the floor on this thing. Like the the floor, I think you've got to be around ten and two. Now, you know, again, when you're when you're adding a quarterback with this experience level into the mix, and that's why you go out and get this guy because you got a lot of talent on this team and you're bringing in more talent next year. Are there going to be some questions defensively? Of course there are, but having an offense that can potentially be a lot more high power than you've seen in a long time. And again, more multidimensional than we've seen in a long time at Notre Dame gives you a lot more margin for error as well. And so when you look at their schedule next year, probably going to be a little bit tougher than this year's schedule. You're, you're still going to have Ohio state Clemson, and USC on there, but I, I think adding a guy like this, you know, like you, you look at the fact that Clemson, you know, Club Nick, we assume is going to be the starting quarterback next year. He still doesn't have a whole lot of experience. Ohio State is going to have another quarterback next year who's going to be far less experienced than Sam Hartman. You know, and that now that game is going to take place what three games into the season as opposed to the season opener, but still, Notre Dame went on the road to Ohio Stadium with a first-time starting quarterback against C.J. Stroud, who came into the season as a Heisman Trophy contender. So it's going to be flipped next year in terms of the experience factor at the quarterback position between those two teams and what will be the biggest early season game for both of those teams. Yeah, and I see a lot of kind of stuff going around in the chat right now talking about Notre Dame's defense. But, you know, we talked about this on Tuesday. The college football game has switched, in, my, in our opinion, kind of to being – you know, what What kind What kind of offensive output are you going to get? Can you keep up offensively? And that was proven by the TCU-Michigan semifinal and the Georgia and Ohio State semifinal. So, you know, I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with, you know, potentially adding a, you know, an offense that's going to gain more power. Um, and on the back end, you know, the more that your offense is on the field and the less that your defense is on the field, that's obviously going to help them. And I feel like naturally the defense is going to progress and get better. I know that there's questions on the defensive line and linebacker, but those are positions that have seen experience this year, you know, through a new scheme with Al Golden. So, you know, overall, I just think everything is going to be better next year, you know, assuming that Hartman wins the starting position. Even if Tyler Buckner's the starter, I think you're going to see a better offense and you're going to see a better defense next season. Yeah, you know, and Wayne says you guys are making Hartman sound like Trevor Lawrence. He looks like another Ian Book. Well, Ian Book didn't finish his career with 110 touchdown passes. That's what Sam Hartman has walking in the door here at Notre Dame. And again, you don't have to be Trevor Lawrence, a guy who's going to be drafted in the first round to win college football games because of the disparity in talent from team to team that you're going to play. And having this, again, Jack Cohn came in here and went 11-1 and last year. If you're going to put Sam Hartman up against Jack Cohn, who are you going to take in that comparison? And Jack Cohn went 11-1 and 
last year. Because he had experience and it was easier for him to assimilate into the offense and they were able to do some things. You know, they had to work around his lack of mobility, again, because of a lack of an offensive line and running game in front of him and around him. So, no, you know, I, I'm not saying that that Sam Hartman's going to come in here and compete, you know, for a Heisman Trophy next season. But at the same time, the reason you get him is because of the experience. Sam Hartman has a ton more experience and probably overall ability than Jack Cohn had. And Jack Cohn worked out pretty well in his one year at Notre Dame. That's that's my point. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying there. So what's your biggest concern, you know, slash potential downside to this whole thing, do you think? Um, for me, the biggest question that comes is obviously this is a one-year rental. So the biggest concern to me at that point becomes, are you hindering or taking away from the development of someone like Tyler Buckner, who you can have as your starting quarterback for maybe, you know, two, three four seasons, whatever it might be, uh, and, and just allowing a guy to come in and, and run the show for a year. So for me, it kind of – I know it, it's good because you want to win now, but unfortunately uh, it, it could potentially hinder the development of the rest of the quarterback room for a guy that you're trying to develop for long-term, but you're going after short-term success, if that makes sense. Right. Your boy Irish Shytown wants to know if you think Notre Dame makes the playoffs – if Hartman had started for Notre would they have made the playoffs this year if Hartman had started for Notre Dame? I think that's hard to say because a lot of what Notre Dame went through was growing pains early on, and you saw them get better towards the end. And those early on games, you know, where they lost, and I don't think they lost because of quarterback play. I think they lost because of overall team play. They weren't a complete defense. They weren't a complete offense along the offensive line. They hadn't established their identity as a running team. So, I still think that there would have been growing pains. I think you can maybe add one more win, uh, but I, I don't I think, know if it would take them over the top to the playoff. I think two. I think having him at quarterback, you're you're going to beat Marshall and you're going to beat um, Stanford. I think so. I think I think a, a guy like him would have made the difference over what you had, you know, be, because I think having him in the Marshall game – even though the offensive line wasn't up to standard yet and they weren't able to run the ball, I think that he's the kind of guy who you could have, you know, more so than, than with Tyler Buckner, you could have put the game on his shoulders and, you know, he, he could have, uh, he could have made some plays for you. And, and, you know, again, like if you were even bringing him in the door this season, if you had him this season with three plus years of experience that he had, you know, heading into this season with, with all of that, experience that's way more than than what you had with either Tyler Buckner or Drew Pine and just his ability you know to make plays to you know to read defense to have that veteran poise and presence and all that kind of stuff so I, I think I think they I, I think they could have won both of those games now the you know the 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 two that they lost I think they're more competitive in both of those games but definitely against Ohio State because of where the team was as a whole there are still enough questions you know, to me, but I definitely think they could have ended up being a 10 and two team if, if they had someone with his kind of uh, experience and, and talent level this season. Yeah. So I think another concern and it's kind of popped up here recently is, you know, his ability or should I say the ability to not turn the ball over? Obviously, everyone talks about, you know, his interceptions, having 12 interceptions this season. And I understand that that's an issue, but I think that there needs to be some kind of context uh, that goes with his interceptions because Wake Forest couldn't run the ball, you know, right. really. And, and 
and I was looking at some stuff earlier. Yeah, and that's that's part of his quarter, you know, his his touchdown numbers too, is they throw the ball so much more. And right. And they were they were a pass heavy. The more you put it in the air, the more chances that each of those things are gonna happen. Right. And 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 what I was looking at earlier is you know, he had games where he had the games in which he had multiple interceptions, there were six of them, right? And in those games, the rushing attack averaged two yards, 0.7 yards, 2.1 yards, 2.6 yards, and 3.2 yards per carry. So when you're not running the ball well and you got to score, you're going to ask your quarterback uh, to, to, you know, to set up and launch it. And when you're in second and third down long situations, you're going to be asked to press the ball downfield. And I think another stat that I saw uh, that really kind of, you know, goes with this is no one averaged a larger depth of target than Hartman at 12.8 yards, right? And so that has to do largely with his uh, scheme that he was in. But again, he's being asked to throw the ball downfield a lot because Wake Forest didn't really run the ball all too well. So I know that those that that's a double-edged sword because obviously it, it inflates his touchdown numbers and his passing yard touchdowns. But at the same time, it's going to also, you know, increase the interceptions as well. I just don't think he's going to be asked to throw the ball as much at Notre Dame, but I also think that yeah. he's going to get better help on the back end against coverages, safeties, and corners because Notre Dame's going to have a very good running attack. The, yeah, that, and that's what I was going to say. The running game that Notre Dame is going to have is going to potentially make him even better. And just by having that, the way this system runs, I don't think you're going to see a 10 interception quarterback next season. I think that number will be below 10 because of the fact that he'll have a running game to lean on and, you know, vice versa, the running game will make him better. And he will also make the running game. I think that much more effective. I, I think that, that it's going to become less predictable next year with a guy like him. And, you know, Jerry's saying lots of, lots of fans love the backup quarterback at Notre Dame. So people are going to lose their mind if Hartman ends up being the starter. That's and, every year. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's never going to change because the minute Sam Hartman throws his first interception, people are going to be calling for Tyler Butler, you know? So, I mean, there's, there's just no way around that. Um, you know, I, I think what, what has a lot of people scared though, is the impact this has on Tyler Buckner, you know, in, in multiple ways, but, do you think is this is this move worth it now that it's official and Sam Hartman is coming to Notre Dame is it worth it is it worth the risk if it you know a, a one season rental on a veteran quarterback if it means that Tyler Buckner does end up transferring this is a this is a tough question i wasn't prepared for you to bring that kind of heat to me i <laughs> so here's the thing i think it, it i think the way that you can i can't answer that question right now but I think you can answer that question based off of Notre Dame's success. If they if they make it to the national championship and potentially, you know, win slash lose a close game, I don't know. I don't even know if you could say losing the national championship is worth it. I think it's kind of all or nothing at this point. I think that you have to, one, get into the playoffs and, two, take a step in the playoffs because Notre Dame hasn't made it past the first round of the playoffs. So I at least need to see them – win that first round, get to the championship, and potentially win a national championship in order for it to me to see, be seen as a payoff. I mean, I definitely think that they are bringing this guy in because they think that this pushes them 
you know, right back into the college football playoff mix. And I, I, I think it does as well. Again, I don't, I'm not guaranteeing that they're going to be in the playoff, but they're going to be in the mix with this guy. Again, with, with those three big dates that you circle on the calendar, it's really, it's what's, what's tough is we, you know, we get to see a glimpse, not even a week ago of what Tyler Buckner has to offer. And there's, a ton that he has to offer there, what we've known on along, all this talent, all this upside. I don't think he's going to transfer, but we don't know that he's not going to transfer. And the transfer portal is, you know, up for grabs. Uh, if he stays, having a guy, again, with all this experience and competing against this guy, both in the spring and, it, you know, and to whatever extent you would assume into the fall, I wouldn't think that they're going to name a starting quarterback after the spring. I think it, you know, they didn't do it last year. I think it makes every sense to take that, you know, it ma makes sense to take that into fall. I'm not saying you push it all the way through the fall, but I think that having a guy with Sam Hartman's experience in the room, Tyler Buckner hasn't had that yet. You know, he's had, he's had a little bit of that with Jack Cohn, but to a different extent, you know, I, I so I, I think that it can really benefit him going forward to be in the room with a guy like that. Is it worth the risk? You know, if Buckner does end up transferring, it would really stink. But at the same time, you've got a couple of really good, you know, recruits coming in in the next couple of classes in Minchie and Carr. So, you, you know, you're bringing in more talent. You would hate to lose a guy like Tyler Buckner. I guess I'm probably not answering my own question very well, but <laughs> You know, it, it it would definitely it would definitely be a buzzkill, but I guarantee you this, if Notre Dame goes into that USC game with either one loss or no losses, well, I guess USC is going to be in the middle of the season next year. If they go, you know, into that Stanford game, not that the Stanford game is going to mean as much, but if if they if they go into that at the end of the season with one loss or zero loss and they're sitting there in college football playoff contention i think that everyone's going to be pretty happy about that regardless of who the number two guy is yeah and i agree and i i, I i'm on the same boat as you i don't think that tyler buckner is just going to pack it up and transfer i think that he understands you know that there is a viable competition on the table and if he gets beat out it's one year right it's not like this guy is here for two years three years four years it's one year i think it becomes a serious situation the year after that, when Carr and Minchie are here, and if if those if if somehow one of those two guys beats out Buckner for the starting position, then I think you'd run into some real issues. But I don't think that no Tyler Buckner knowing that this was coming, right? Because they told Drew Pine, so obviously that you know that conversation had to be had with Tyler Buckner. If he, he wanted did. out, Buckner was asked about it a couple weeks ago before the bowl. He knew it was coming, you know. Right, and so I don't think that Buckner necessarily just packs it up. And leaves. And again, if he gets beat out by someone like Sam Harbin, this is a, a guy with, you know, that's going to have six years of experience. It's a perfect opportunity to learn from someone and kind of build your arsenal and your passing attack because it, we all know Sam Hartman's not a dual threat, right? He's going to only, he's only going to beat you with his arm. So if, if Tyler Buckner can learn ways to, you know, learn some things from, from Hartman about, you know, being able to pass the ball, uh, you know, getting the ball up and down the field and then combine it with obviously what he can do with his legs, I think that only makes someone like Tyler Buckner that much better. It's just going to be Tyler Buckner's perspective, right? Does he get 
uh, kind of, I guess, for lack of better terms, butt hurt by getting beat out by someone like Sam Hartman? Or does he take it, you know, in stride and, and take it as an opportunity to learn from someone? Because I know there are some people who are worried about like Tyler Buckner's psyche and stuff like that. You know, how does he how does he handle that if he does get beat for the job and all that kind of stuff? I would think that it it you know it it makes him. I think it only makes him better. Having this competition makes him better. Again, I think that when he goes into the spring and he's competing against Hartman for this job you've got a better level of quarterback that you're playing against. I think it is only going to elevate his game. And just what we know from the past, how this quarterback room has worked over the past few years, even though these guys have competed against each other for the job, Pine and Buckner this year, Pine and Cone last year, you know, and, and you know, before that, obviously Ian Book, you know, and, and Pine wasn't necessarily competing against him for the job, but he was in the room with Ian Book. All these guys have gotten along together really well, and they have helped each other in that room. And I think that that Tommy Reese and Marcus Freeman have to be comfortable with that, that Hartman is the kind of guy who's not just going to come in and it's going to be, you know, just for himself, that, that that's going to be a part of it as well, that he's, help, that he's helping these young guys develop because Kenny Menchie's going to be in that room as well. And so Steve Angeli and, and Paulus for that matter. So I think that there's a, a chance for a guy like this to come in and really help, you know, kind of raise the overall caliber of that room with his presence because of the experience that he has and the things that he can help impart on, on these guys. Yeah. And I think a, a, there was a, a comment that you starred here. And I, I think that it's, it's a viable question is playing is both is playing both quarterbacks a possibility. And I think yeah, that I that's something that up. I think that that's something that has to be, you know, spoken to as well, because I like the fact of using Tyler Buckner in the red zone inside the 20, inside the 15, because of what he can do with those quarterback draw plays. So I don't think that that is entirely ruled out either of having specific packages for someone like Tyler Buckner. Again, I don't I, I think that there's a lot to kind of still be worked out. And even if Hartman wins the starting position, I could very well see, you know, Buckner packages that are used, you know, outside of Hartman. Well, like red zone type stuff, as an example, be, be, you know, because of the 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 added mobility and that you know the added dimension of the legs that Tyler Buckner has down in the red zone, I could see that being a place for him. Their skill sets, again, Buckner is still much more of a runner and a faster runner than Sam Hartman, but at the same time, their skill sets are cl much closer, obviously, than like. Buckner and Jack Cohn, for example. So there was a clear-cut reason to get him on the field. Now, there were also times when, you know, like things had kind of sputtered. They they obviously weren't able to run the ball. Jack Cohn wasn't, you know, maybe as effective. So they kind of brought in Tyler Buckner as a spark, and they did some of that. I, I don't think you do that, but I think it you, you can still, because it still needs to be, if Tyler Buckner is the number two, it still needs to be a big developmental year for him and it 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 stinks because the quarterback position and the offensive line position right behind it are the two positions where you sub the least you know like defensive line you rotate guys in and out all the time linebackers defensive backs whatever you know wide receivers running backs you've got guys coming in and out all the time you very rarely do it at quarterback and you do it just a, a little bit less at uh, or a little bit more 
at the offensive line position. But if you find a clear-cut, defined role, I think, I think again, for the development and the future development of Tyler Buckner, I think it makes a lot of sense. But I don't think you're out there alternating series and doing that kind of stuff. But, if no. you, again, you can find a clear-cut package for a guy with Tyler Buckner's skill set to get him on the field, I think. A hundred percent. And I think that's exactly what we'll see is uh, some sort of I, I I don't think that Bugner is completely just out. I, I still think that he'll get, you know, some sort of opportunities. Yeah. I still think that, you know, someone brought up a, a good point in Cohen's year. They used Tyler Buckner and he kind of was unpolished at that point. But now think about it. You know, he's had an entire season to sit up in the box with the offensive staff. He played it great in a bowl game. He's a better passer. He's a better runner. And so if you're using him in combination with Hartman, I think that that is only better compared to what we saw with Jack Cohn and Tyler Buckner, you know, last season. Yeah. Chris says Tyler has a much higher ceiling than Hartman. Absolutely. Uh, because he's much younger. This is a guy in his sixth year still, or, or is in his sixth year. Yeah, exactly. And Tyler Buckner has played in a handful of games since he's been in college. So, um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's still a ton of upside. I mean, I think everyone sees the upside with him. Charlie Weiss's last belt loop has a super chat. I'm not saying Tommy promised Hartman the job, but he doesn't come here. He doesn't come here to sit on the bench. Uh, this is his last year. Flip side, Hartman can win ND it all. Yeah, yeah. and I, I unfortunately that's you know. A guy isn't coming here with one year remaining uh, to come to a pro style offense to to kind of bolster, you know, his draft prospect, help a team out and, and elevate, you know, Notre Dame overall, unless he's, I would say, like 90 percent chance that he's going to be the starting quarterback. I don't I, I think there's far more options that he could have went to in the portal if you if, if Notre Dame said to him, you know, it's kind of 50 50. We don't know if you're going to be the starter. I think they basically said there's a good chance. There's going to be some competition, but you know that's that's left that's going to be left on the field. But again, I, I just don't see why a guy would come here in his final year if he was just going to you know essentially ride the bench. No, but I think at the same time, yeah, there, there's some kind of conversation about you know you're going to compete with the guy that we have in the spring or or whatever it happens to be. You're you know you're going to compete for the job, but at the same time, again, they they. They think that this guy can get them into that playoff picture by bringing him in, or they wouldn't be bringing him in. Another super chat from uh, Tyler. I'm uh, tired of loyalty leading to mediocrity. Why are we crying over Buckner leaving? If he loses a quarterback battle, do we want to win or not? That's the question. And, you know, this is, I've talked about it before a lot with Vince just about recruiting the quarterback position, the, the way they've recruited the position in the past where you kind of shoot for, you know, for, for a higher rated guy. And then maybe you settle for another guy in the next cycle. And it's been kind of uneven. It definitely looks like that philosophy is changing with, with the fact that you've got Minchie and Carr on tap in back-to-back -back classes right now. And I think that just like at these other big programs, whether it's Georgia or Ohio state or, or wherever it happens to be, you shoot, for the highest level talent you can get. And you have to accept the fact that if they're going to sign and they get here, only one guy is going to have the job and you're probably going to lose a transfer every couple of years. 
you know, but I mean, but if you're recruiting at that high level and they're competing and the best guy gets the job, you're going to have a better quarterback. And then, you know, you're just going to go out and recruit the next guy to come in after him, even if you lose somebody. I mean, essentially what you're doing is creating a quarterback farm system. Look at, you know, Alabama's quarterback room. I I can't remember what year it was. They had Tua, Jalen Hurts and Mac Jones. Those are all three NFL quarterbacks. Do you think that, you know, they they were sitting there upset that they had to, you know, potentially, you know, start a guy that that was that had, you know, just as much, if not just a little bit more talent than the guy behind them? Really? No, they they did what they were going to do to win games. Remember when Trevor Lawrence came into Clemson as a freshman and he had to make the Dabo had to make the decision, you know, to to essentially start Trevor Lawrence as a freshman because he was the better option at the time. Do you think? Clemson was upset about that. No, they went, it, it ended up turning into national championships for them. So again, I don't think that this is a big of a problem as what many people are making out to be. You want a lot of good talent in your quarterback room. Right. And you hope that they stay and compete. And then, you know, and that's, that's all you can do. Some guys are going to transfer. One guy already made his decision. We'll see what happens with Tyler Buckner. I still have the feeling that he won't, that he's going to stay and compete with this. And to your point about Alabama and and those quarterbacks, Mac Jones sat for three years behind those guys. He came out, had one year as a starting quarterback, and he got drafted in the first round. You know, So there are worse things that can happen than maybe having to sit for a little bit and compete for a job. Obviously, Jalen Hurts transferred, went to Lincoln Riley's system, and turned into an NFL quarterback himself. But, you know, there's – it's just – you've just got to go get the best talent you can have, let them duke it out for the job, let the best guy win, and then you're probably going to have some – and and that's what's going to happen, I I think, at a lot of positions. The more you keep recruiting at at a more elite level – you're going to have a lot of talent, and that's going to mean that some of those guys aren't going to get to play as much as they want, and it's going to mean some of those guys are going to leave as a result. You're just going to have to kind of get used to that, but that's where you want to be as a program. With the transfer portal the way it is right now, perfect world, they all stay, and you're stockpiled with talent. But as we know, the world ain't perfect, and the transfer portal ain't perfect, and you're going to lose some guys. But if you keep going out and getting more and better talent, you're still going to be better in the long run. It's just going to breed more talent. You know, it's going to better competition leads to to an increase in talent. Tyler Buckner's not just going to sit back and watch the position be taken from him. He's going to compete, and that's only going to elevate him as a quarterback. Michael says, if Tyler is going to play like he does, he's going to have to get stronger and put on a whole nother layer of armor to withstand the punishment. I would agree with that. He definitely, because of the the injury history that he has, he definitely has to continue to get, you know, bigger, stronger, a little more muscle. Obviously you don't, you know, for, for a guy, he, he looks like he's got some room to fill out. I mean, he doesn't have to look like a bodybuilder, but he definitely does need another layer on him. I think to protect himself from, from some of those hits. And he also just has to learn, to get smarter, know when to get down and not take hits, get out of bounds. And he, he did, and he did a better job of that in uh, in the Gator Bowl, I thought as well. Yeah, I I 100% agree with you. And you know what I want to ask you, or the, or the the question that I'd like to pose to you is, if you're if you're you know it, essentially who do you feel better about 
the beating next next season? Do you feel better that Sam Hartman is going to beat Ohio State, USC, uh, and Clemson? Because they got to play those four teams in a span of four weeks. Like you got Ohio State, then you get USC, then you get Wake Forest, and you get to Clemson. That's going to be a tough stretch. Do you feel more comfortable with a quarterback who has 48 games under their belt or a quarterback <laughs> that has three games under his belt and hasn't even started a full season? Yeah. I mean, to me, the answer is pretty obvious. Obviously, I feel better with 48. And again, they wouldn't have gone out and looked for a guy with this kind of experience and brought in a guy with this kind of experience if if that was what they were looking for. Right. The answer is yes, we do disagree. But <laughs> on much of the content tonight, Steve is very active tonight. On much of the content tonight, <laughs> we happen to agree. There have been times, plenty of times, that we've disagreed. But it's just hard when two. We don't lot- talk about this in advance. You know, we don't, yeah. we don't come in. It's like, this is what I'm going to talk about. You know, you can, you know, whatever. You know, we're just, we're, we're all going here. So it's hard. What were you saying, Jesse? I said it's yeah. I mean, it's hard when there's just two, just logically smart people on the same podcast at the same time. <laughs> that was a joke. I hope everyone realized that was a joke. <laughs> yeah, and some context on um, Hartman's career numbers from Wake Forest. By the way, he would be Notre Dame's all-time passing leader with his twelve thousand nine hundred sixty-seven yards. Brady Quinn would be second. Brady Quinn is the all-time leader, but he would be second with 11, 762, and then Ian Book would be third. Um, Hartman would be Notre Dame's all-time touchdown passing leader. Quinn finished his career with 95. Of course, Hartman has 110, Book 72. Tommy Reese, 61, one more than Jimmy Clausen had. And uh, Hartman will also be Notre Dame's single-season passing leader. In 2021, he passed for over 4,200 yards. Quinn is currently number one with 39-19 back in his 2005 season. Jimmy Clausen is a second in the Notre Dame record books with 37-22 in 2009. And Hartman would also be number one and two in the single season touchdown passing list. He had 39-38 and 38 the last two seasons. Ian or uh, uh, Brady Quinn, 37 back in 2006. Ian Book, 34 in 2019 so again you know you're bringing in a a very accomplished fbs level quarterback with a lot of experience and that's you you plop i just can't believe the the amount of people who are just like no i don't i don't want or like potentially like don't want hartman why would you not want to bring in a stud player like a guy that has proven success it's only going to one prove that tyler buckner is able to do it and he can beat out a guy like that or you have that kind of potential, you know, firepower that that Hartman has proven throughout, you know, five career seasons. Look, it's it's just a little contact or a little context, Irishman. He, he said we're comparing apples to oranges because of Wake Forest's offensive system. That's why Hartman is coming here to begin with, because it's a different system that he hopes can, you know, send him to the NFL, you know. John says Tyler is better than Sam Hartman. Again, they're going to compete for the job, so we'll find out. And the other side of this is there were a lot of people just completely ready to discard Tyler Buckner after seeing those first two starts. And it was kind of, uh, you know, good riddance 
kind of thing. There, there are a lot of people like that. Now, I don't know if, if that's all the same people who are, you know, saying, you know, who, who are all in on, on Tyler Buckner right now. But one game, I'm saying, definitely seems to have swayed a lot of people. One game in the Gator Bowl. I mean, we all knew there was talent. We all knew there was a lot of upside with Tyler Buckner. People who watched him back in training camp, you know, we saw that. But a lot of people want to want to push all their chips in on Tyler Buckner right now because the other side of this is if you weren't going to bring in a transfer, you were going to go into next season with Tyler Buckner and Steve Angeli, who has basically a handful of snaps to his credit in his career. Those are going to be your two quarterbacks with an injury-prone Tyler Buckner and, of course, Kenny Minchie as well. But that was going to be your quarterback room. So if something happened, you were going to go right back to no experience and you're kind of like everything has to be perfect working your way through a season. And it would be college football playoff could become not a reality very soon if something happened to Tyler Buckner early next season and you're going, you know, you're trying to work your way through with a completely inexperienced quarterback. You're trying not to agree with me now, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'll start playing devil's advocate here soon. I said Notre Dame didn't choose Sam Hartman when he was in high school, his class and Notre Dame chose Phil Dracovic and you know, is Phil Dracovic. Did that turn out to be a good choice? I don't know. He didn't do, he didn't fare very well at Boston College in his couple seasons, and now he's going to Pittsburgh. I mean, you're right about that. A lot of people didn't choose Tom Brady either coming out of high school. And the fact, you know, like someone said earlier, he was a sixth-round draft pick. Guys develop at different rates. And Sam Hartman has definitely played in a system that has been conducive to getting him some big numbers. There's no doubt about that. Can we just also all has, at least agree that like having this kind of issue or I guess controversy is a good issue a good thing it's to a good have? Thing. Like, right. isn't this the position that everyone's been clamoring about over, you know, the last however many years saying that, you know, if Notre Dame had the elite quarterback, they can make that next step. Notre Dame's just missing a quarterback. Well, if you have two great talents in the same room, I think that's a great situation to have. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, like, whatever that is, D3GA. <laughs> I guess this is a good problem. We're talking about who's the better quarterback. And, you know, as Bry Guy says, yes. Oh, where'd it go? There it is. Competition is good. Yes, it's good. It's good. It's it's only going to be good for the program. I guarantee you. You know, even, even if it's a bumper or two along the way, I guarantee it. And we're going to find out, like, this was this was the other thing that we talked about earlier this week for all the for all the digs on Tommy Reese all season some of them deserved but he I went think got his quarterback he, I think he well I think that he I think he he got the most he could have gotten out of Drew Pine this season and when he got the quarterback back who was the starting quarterback at the start of the year look what he was able to do with that guy in the Gator Bowl. Look at look look at the kind of game Tyler Buckner turned in in the Gator Bowl. So now apply that to a guy who you might say, well, he was this when he was coming out of high school. They wanted this guy. They didn't, you know, whatever it happens to be. Well, six years later, five years later, I guess technically, going into 
his sixth season, whatever that guy was coming out of high school, he's a different guy. And now that's the guy that, that Tommy Reese, that's the toy that Tommy Reese gets to drop into this offense with all that talent around him. So I'm pretty excited about it. I think. It's yeah. Amazing. Overall, I'm very excited about this because again, what I, like I said, if, if Hartman comes in and cause there's going to be a competition and Buckner beats him out, that should just make you feel even better about what Tyler Buckner can do. And you've seen what Hartman has done and proven in the past. So Either way, I feel like whoever starts at quarterback next season, Notre Dame is going to be in great hands and going to have a lot of potential to get right back into that playoff and maybe go even a little bit further than they have in the past. Yeah. yeah. And remember, you know, we were just talking about the Tyler Buckner thing. There were a lot of people divided on the whole should Tyler Buckner get to start and all that kind of stuff going into the bowl. But again, the way he played in the bowl, even even as we got closer to the bowl, I think people were kind of swayed, probably because there was really no other option at that point. But I think people got swayed pretty quickly when they saw what Tyler Buckner was able to do. I think it's going to be a, a good competition. Do I think Sam Hartman is going to win the competition? Yeah, ultimately I do. But again, I think that he can make. I think that he can make. Uh, Tyler Buckner a much better quarterback and set Tyler Buckner up to be the guy in 2024. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.